You are listening to the Techie Leadership Show with Bogdan and Andrei. Hello and welcome to the Techie Leadership Show. Today with me I have Kim Ades. She is the president and founder of Frame of Mind Coaching and um, she helps deliver an extensive coaching experience specifically designed to help executives, directors and high potential leaders reach unprecedented goals through the process of building mental awareness, strength, stamina, and resilience. The frame of mind coaching process is built on the premise that through that thought process, uh, oh my God, I cannot read my own writing. <laughs> Don't thought, skip it. Just say yeah, hi. The, yeah, the thought, ah, I'm going to finish it. The thought precedes all action and that the mastery of thought is the key to extraordinary success because it yields immediate and powerful results. <sighs> Made it. <laughs> Made it. Hi, Kim. Hello. Good to see you today. <laughs> same here, same here. Oh, I am so excited to talk with you. Uh, and I really want to find out more about uh, um, founder of the Frame of Mind Coaching. And uh, if you want to add anything about yourself, go right ahead. Well, I'm here. I'm in Toronto, Canada. Um, as you can see, the weather's pretty nice today, which is a yes. nice change from usual. Um, I'm happy to be talking to you. I love the idea that you're on the other side of my world. So that's very, very cool. And I can't wait to have this conversation. Yeah, I'm also really excited. Um, so uh, you can pick with what you want to start. Do you want to start with the leadership success story or the leadership failure story? Which one do you think would be more uh, inspiring? Either way. Either way. Uh, either either way. way. Yeah. Okay, let's let's start on a positive note and let's okay. go with the leadership success story. So what would be the biggest leadership success story you've witnessed personally? Yeah, so I work with leaders and I've witnessed many, many, many success stories. Uh, but there's one that really made a huge impact on me personally, and I want to share that one. So years ago, I was um, working with a client, and this client okay. said, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine and I want you to coach him. But when you talk to him, I want you to be very gentle and I want you to treat him with kid gloves. In other words, okay. take care of him, you know, yeah. be, be careful with him. And I'm a very direct person. So I thought that that was a very strange thing to tell me. And I said, you know, I don't understand why would you give me that instruction? He said, well, He's a very dear friend of mine, and he has stage four cancer. Oh, oh, oh right. Yeah. I said, okay. So I got on the phone with him, and his name is John. So I, I asked him, I have two questions. Number one, how long do you have left to live? Strange question to ask someone, yeah, right? A tough question very, to ask. Very, him. very, very difficult. He said, I'm not sure. I'm guessing about two years. I'm on all these experimental drugs and, you know, sometimes yes. they work, sometimes they don't, but I don't really know. I said, okay, so what is it that you want to achieve as a result of coaching? And he said, here's the thing. I really, really need you to help me increase my productivity. Okay. 
strange, interesting right? request. Yes, and strange yeah. request. Uh, consider so, the situation. Right. So, if you had two years left to live, would you be thinking about your productivity? Well, not really. But not in really, a way, right? it kind of makes sense. You want to be more productive because you have less time. You want to right. get more done. So I said, why, why is that important to you? So he owns um, a financial services company where they do a lot of valuations and uh, provide financial services for other small businesses. And yes. he said, here's what I need to do. I need to increase the value of my company so that I can sell it so that I can leave my family in a good place. Good I want to make sure my mother is well taken care of, but... I don't feel like I'm maximizing my time and I need you to help me prioritize. I need you to hold me accountable. I need to make sure I get more done every single day, right? Yeah. Every single hour. I don't want to waste time. I don't have time to waste. Yes. I said, well, let me ask you another question. What do you really, really want? Because for me, I thought increasing his productivity wasn't really what we were after, right? Yes, he thought it was the means to the end. Exactly. And he said, well, what I really want is to increase the value of my company and I want to sell my company. And what I really want is to buy a house. And what I really want is more time. And I want to take my mother on a big vacation and I want to have a great relationship with someone. And what I really want is to run a marathon. I said, let's do that. Yeah. Right? One of the things that I started to understand when I was working with him was that he had a small team, but every single valuation, every single project, every single service that went out, he had to make sure it was done properly. So yes. what did he do? He became the bottleneck in his company. Micromanagement, a lot of well, it. He just wanted to make sure every project was done to his standards, right? So how can you grow a company when you have to make sure everything's done properly? It's not possible. So I said to him, I think you need to think about hiring people. He said, I can't afford to hire people. But in my mind, I said, you can't afford not to hire people. Like your yes. life is at stake. Exactly. Right? Because for me, my job was to help him reduce his stress. It reduces workload. Oh my God, so in that, that situation... Could, yeah. yeah total sense. So that he could have a, a more of a fighting chance, right? Yes. So slowly we rearranged some things and helped him hire one, two, three, four people. He grew his company and he made some really strong decisions about who to hire and how to grow his company. He ended up selling his company. He ended up taking his mother on two big vacations. Aww. He ended up in this great relationship. He ended up buying a house and renovating it. And he ran a triathlon. And just last year, he climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. Now, let oh me tell God. you that I started working with him five years ago. Five years ago. Amazing. And I so, hope he going to, he's going to continue and be, become stronger and stronger. Right? So, yeah. so for me, this is an amazing story of taking a person who was getting in his own way and helping him understand how his thinking was interfering with his ability to have and experience all that he wanted. Right? Yeah. We really turned him into a leader. 
by helping him shift his thinking. That's a really powerful story. And I like that the fact that sometimes your own desire for perfection and wanting to provide the best experience for your customers can actually become a, a source of problems for you, for your your business, your teams, the people you're working with. Yeah, it can be a liability. Yes, it can be. It, it's good to 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 go with perfection until a certain point, but afterwards you have to accept that okay, the world isn't perfect and we cannot be perfect ourselves. Right. Oh. That is a truly powerful story, and I, I'm so glad we started with it. <laughs> now I'm really looking forward to the next one, the, what is the biggest leadership failure uh, story you had the unfortunate experience of witnessing? So here's a story of a, of a guy who uh, did an amazing job in his career. He rose to a yes. very, very high level, in his professional career um, as an executive in a huge company, did amazingly well, and turned his department, you could say, around 180 degrees. So he did amazingly well, and then got to a point in his career where he wasn't completely aligned with the other executives in the firm, and he ended up getting recruited by another company to be the president of that company. Okay. A good step up. Yeah. Sounds good, right? Yeah. Sounds really good on paper. Sounds really good on paper. So he, the thing is that he went into the company and immediately he started to make some changes. He said, you know, he looked around and he said, these offices aren't very nice. We need to move. We need to have a better office space that's more aesthetically pleasing. Because people need to be motivated and they need to have nice furniture and they need to have good chairs and they need to have better light and they need to have better computers and they need to have a better working environment because culture is very, very important. He took a bunch of money and he spent it on rent, chairs, tables, computers, etc. And, you know, the, the morale was going up. But while the morale was going up, the revenues were going down. Ah, no. (laughs) His expenses were going up, revenues were going down. And what ended up happening was basically a complete train wreck, right? Because he wasn't keeping his eye on the bottom line. And he was trying to build an environment, a culture, without building a foundation, Right. So the idea was correct. We need a great culture. But if the stability of the company is not there, you cannot build culture on a very wobbly foundation. Yes. And that's true. You can have like your heart in the right place, but you also have to be realistic at the same time. Well, you have to be financially responsible. Yes. And because you can have the like in this case, you have the perfect culture, everybody's happy, but they're actually making making a disservice to them because soon they're going to be out of a job. Exactly. So what ended up happening is uh, they dismissed him for poor performance and he got into um, a very difficult personal situation with the owners of the company 
And he walked away feeling very bad about the experience that he had, but also the leadership that he demonstrated in this, in this organization. And he realized, you know, he made some poor decisions. So, wow, that was, that was not a good situation. Yeah, it is. And I like that basically he tried to do everything, but as you said, like if you, if you look and you don't have a solid foundation to build all the nice things that I hope everybody gets to experience and have at, at work, it makes it really hard to to deliver on the on the promise. You know, now we're looking at our world, COVID, and a lot of company owners, a lot of leaders have to secure their foundation, right? That yes. is what everybody is doing right now. Everybody's and, scrambling. Yeah, but that's the that's the job. We have to secure yes. our foundation. And one of the things we sometimes need to do when we secure the foundation is eliminate all the extraneous things that don't contribute to the foundation right mm. we need to get rid of all the extras and really get down to basics in order to create a solid base for everybody to work from and so as startup leaders as growth leaders sometimes we can get distracted by things that are not foundational that's true. That is so true. And I know it's one of my flaws, personally. <laughs> I get distracted <laughs> sometimes and I derail myself on the path uh, <laughs> to, to the goal. But yeah, I think it's, I, I try to learn from, from that experience and say, next time, keep your eye on the ball more. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and Kim, based on all your experiences, um, what would be your leadership philosophy? For me, the greatest leaders are leaders who take complete responsibility for their own thinking, their own behaviors, and their own emotional state. So when things go wrong, they take responsibility for managing themselves effectively. Right? So great leaders do an amazing job of yes. managing the way they interact, the way they show up, the way they think, what they believe to be true. So that's part A. And part B is great leaders are also amazing coaches. So let me share with you an interesting piece of data. Yeah. So I speak all over the world about leadership. And before I speak, I usually uh, send out surveys to the participants understand okay. who am I speaking to and what is their experience as a leader? More specifically, what is their experience with coaching? Okay. And I found out an interesting thing. What Leaders who feel like they have a greater skill set with respect to coaching also experience a greater level of satisfaction with the productivity and performance of their team. Oh, and it's a direct so relationship, linked. completely direct, 100%. It's not even a little bit related. It's completely related. So the more effective you feel as a coach, the more coaching skills you yes. have, the better the performance and productivity of your team. So when you look at your team and you think, wow, they're not producing as much, 
ask yourself if you have the coaching skills to get to them to where they need to be. If not, you need to find someone who can teach you fundamental coaching skills. Yes. And, and now so, just thinking about it, you get, you, you get to choose your team, your team sometimes, and sometimes you inherit it. And, but you're never going to find exactly the person with the right skill set to do each and every job you need them. And also it evolves what you need all the time. So people are not going to have the same rate or pace of getting the skills that you might require to, to get the job done. So it is your job as, as the leader to first try, uh, to, at least from my point of view, try to have uh, some knowledge about the skills required and, and second, help your teammates to acquire those skills and even become better than you are at, at, at them. So let me um, challenge that a little bit. Okay, go. Cool. <laughs> so I will tell you this. And again, based on my experience, is that usually the reason that people struggle to perform is not related to a skills gap. Sometimes okay. it's true, but leaders cannot be expert at every single skill. In fact, leaders need to hire people who are better than them at various skills. So for example, yes. my skill is communication, uh, coaching, business development. It's not accounting. Right? Oh, yeah. That's not my skill. So I need to hire someone who can take care of that far better than me, that their skills are better than mine, right? So it's not my job to train them in this area because that's not my skill. And if it's my job to train everybody in all the areas, then I don't excel in any one area. My oh, strength becomes yeah. diluted. So why is it that people struggle to perform by and large? Again, it's not a skills gap. It's a thinking gap. A thinking gap. So what does that mean? Is that the reason people struggle to achieve their goals is primarily due to a set of beliefs that do not align with the goal. So for okay. example, you can ask someone, well, hey, you know, like you can be a great leader. You need to go and go on stage and speak publicly right? Like do some public yes. speaking and that will increase your leadership just as an example, right? Yes. But in their mind, they're like, I'm not doing that. I don't have experience. That's not comfortable. What if I get rejected? What if I say the wrong things? What if I forget what yes. I want to say? Like, you know, I'm not doing that. And it's that conversation, that thinking that applies to so many different situations that prevents people from reaching their goals their belief that they're not good enough, that they're not skilled enough, that they're not smart enough, that uh, what if they make a mistake? What if somebody, you know, catches them making a mistake? What if they, you know, risk something? What if they lose their job? What if, what if, what if, what if? And all that chatter in their brain, all that yes. conversation is really what prevents people from reaching their goals. It has to do with their thinking and their beliefs. It has usually little to do with their skill set because skills can be acquired easily, but thought cannot be changed as easily. Yeah, my mind is blown right now. So when you're talking about, uh, let me see if I got this right. When you're talking about coaching, a leader, a leader coaching his team members, you're talking about coaching them and helping them 
improve their thinking and improving their beliefs? Yes. So usually awesome. where people have a problem is their beliefs don't align with the goal. So for example, let's say I'm an Olympic runner, just as an example, yes. right? And I'm at the starting line. You know, I've worked and I've practiced and I've worked and I've practiced, but now I'm ready, right? I'm at the starting line and I look ready to, to my go. left and I look to my right and I see other competitors. And I think to myself, oh my God, they're so much better than me. I'm never going to win. Start that, thinking, yourself. that thinking causes me to lose before I even start running. So true. Right? So, so true, yes. So the thinking we have will determine what we achieve and what we don't achieve. The problem is that most of us, all of us, aren't completely aware of all the thinking we have. We're not aware yes. of the beliefs and the thoughts we have that get in the way of our success. So for me, my job as a coach is to work with you and pull out and to find, to identify the beliefs that are causing you trouble, that are causing you not to be able to reach your goals with ease. Uh, and I, I, I never thought that you as a leader, you have to do this for your team, like help them, you offer them basically support, uh, in, a, in a way the emotional support to work through these uh, situations, their limiting beliefs, and get past them to, to succeed. So as a, as a leader, your job is to constantly identify your own limiting beliefs and challenge them. And it's also to learn how to coach your team and find their limiting beliefs and challenge them too. So oh my God. Part one, part two, right? <laughs> First, you have to do it yourself. And then you have to help the people on your team to get past their own limiting beliefs. Yeah. And, and with this, I, I really want to hear about what would be like your top three leadership tips um, for aspiring leaders. So again, I've been studying leadership for maybe 35 years. I don't look that old, but, but I've been studying leadership yeah. my whole entire life, you know, from my undergrad to my graduate degree to my, you know, first business, this business. So I have a lot of exposure to leadership. And yeah, what I've discovered is, is that extraordinary leaders have three key thinking strategies that they employ on an ongoing basis. So the okay. first one is exactly what we spoke about is they're always asking themselves one critical question. And whoever's listening, write this down. Okay, just write down this question. What I do I believe to be true about this problem person, situation, circumstance, what do I believe to be true? Okay, so that's the question they ask. And they write down all the answers, right? And they say, is that actually true? Ah, they challenge question. Their, right, they challenge their beliefs. So extraordinary leaders are always challenging their own beliefs, especially in moments where they feel frustrated and stuck. And where things aren't working as well as they want them to work. So that's thing number one. Thing number two is that extraordinary leaders think about resources differently than we do. So okay. their mentality about resourcefulness and resources is, is at a whole other level. 
their belief is that any resource is accessible to me because there's no shortage. There's no shortage of talent. There's no shortage of money. There's no shortage of anything I really want. And I'm entitled. In other words, I am allowed to have access to these resources. All I have to do is think about it. What is it that I need? What is it that I want? And so they have a sense that anything is possible. They have to figure out what it is that they need, what it is that they want. And thing number three is that extraordinary leaders have a completely different level of focus. They focus on what they really, really want. So this whole question, what do you really, really want? What's the thing that you really, really want? And they go after that with a vengeance, like with um, focus and determination, right? They don't lose sight of what they really want. So I have to share this with you. Very often I talk to, to many people and I ask the question, what is it that you really, really want? Right? Just like I asked my client. And oftentimes people do not have an answer. They're stuck because they haven't given it thought or they will answer with a very, very surface level answer. That that is true. Right? I'm I'm asking myself this and I realize it's not really that fleshed out. I should think about it more. (laughs) And then when we ask people, so what's stopping you from having what you really, really want? and they create a list of all the things stopping them, those are the beliefs, right? Yeah. Yeah. It all ties together. It all ties together. So those are the three key, let's call them thinking strategies of extraordinary leaders. Uh, And now based like, 35 years of experience. I'm really curious, like, what is the book that had the most profound impact on you? You know, it's a funny question because I've read so much, but there's one book that stays with me that has stayed with me. I don't know that it had the most profound impact, but it had the most, the most lingering impact. How about that? Okay. Okay. So it's a book called The Art of Possibility by a gentleman named Benjamin Zander. So he was the um, conductor for the Boston Philharmonic Orchestra. And he really talks about human potential and how to think about people in a very different way than we usually do. How how does he express that? Well, without speaking for him, the idea is to look at people with, first of all, as individuals with infinite potential and that rather than starting people off at a zero you start people off at a 100 everybody has a hundred points everybody's perfect everybody already won rather than this idea of that people have to work up to a certain level right it's just a very interesting perspective he did a lot of teaching in his time and really was an extraordinary teacher. So I really like his point of view. And that's, that's a different point of view of giving people the benefit of the doubt and starting like that relationship. It has to be a better relationship if you started on that note. Right. <laughs> and I, for one, I would like each new person that I meet to start like that, to give me the benefit of the doubt. 
and then it's my job to maintain the positive image that uh, I created and I have already in their minds. And awesome. Exactly. Amazing. And Kim, if people want to find out more about you, where should they go? So I'm going to give everybody two instructions. Is that okay? It's so, okay. It's okay. As many as you have. Instruction number one, check us out. Come to frameofmindcoaching.com. And we have, uh, you know, videos, audios, information, all kinds of things. So come in and learn more about us. But, you know, today we spoke about two ideas repeatedly actually and what yes. i wouldn't mind doing is offering your audience an opportunity to journal so one of the things we do when we coach people is we ask them to journal so here are the two questions write them down what do i really really want more than anything the second journaling yes. question is so what is stopping me what's getting in the way and if you answer those two journaling questions send them to me and I will introduce you to one of my coaches who will give you a completely complimentary coaching call based on your responses. Amazing, amazing. So my email address is kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. Send me your responses. I promise you that that coaching call will completely open your eyes, will wake you up, will help you see things about yourself that you didn't even know were there. So please take that opportunity. Yes, do send Kim an email. I, was, I journal and it helped me a lot. And I'm going to use those two questions. One recommendation that I would have is ask this question and write the answer one, two, three days. So you really get a little deeper into the answers. Uh, and then probably you're going to get more from the coaching session uh, that Kim is offering. Really but even if, even if, even if you, you know, you're stuck, that's okay because our coaches are very skilled at taking you to a deeper level. Right? Amazing. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, Kim, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. I'm truly grateful. Thank you very much. My pleasure. I'm so happy to be talking to you and all the people connected to you. It was really fun. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. That was today's episode. Tune in daily. Rate, like, subscribe, and share, please. Oh, you can find further info and materials in the show notes on techyleadership.com, including links to the guest book recommendations.